What are your writing dreams? Finishing that book, quitting the day job, becoming a best-selling author? Well, over four years, we've studied the advice of over 300 best-selling authors who've collectively sold over half a billion books. And we are excited to announce the Best Seller Academy. If you're ready to take your writing to the next level with accountability, craft, and coaching, your bestseller dreams are now only a click away. To find out more and apply, visit bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. That's bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. Let's run the show. Hello, ho, 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 and welcome to the bestseller experiment, where we continue to discover what makes a bestseller and inspire you to start, finish, and publish your book. Ho, 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 I'm Santa Claus. And I'm Santa's little helper. And you know what? I, I, look for, I do look forward to the Christmas episode every year, Mark, just for that voice. For my Brian should... Blessed impersonation. I Gordon's it... alive! <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think we should randomly do that in the middle of July one year just to confuse people. Yeah, we people. should. We should. Great, you know, I met, I met Brian Blessed once, you know. Uh, he... Was it when we opened? I think... It might have been when we opened Waterstones and Epsom. He was our special guest who opened the shop. And he'd just climbed Everest. He had a book about climbing Everest, and he'd done it without oxygen. And he was fan-bloody-tastic. He was everything you wanted. He was exactly... Had the big beard. Big beard, the big voice. And when they took a photo of us, and I don't have any photos, but they're they're out there somewhere. So if anyone knew me at Waterstones and Epson, there's a photo of me with Brian Blessed. I'd love to have it. Uh, Because what he would say, you know, the person taking the photo, this was before digital cameras, they'd go, three, two, one, and he'd go, Nickers! And we'd all just fall (laughs) about laughing. It was absolutely brilliant. I love love the guy. Oh, if If there was almost a perfect Santa Claus, it would be Brian Blessed. And you know what? If he'd just climbed Everest, I'm sure he probably had the white beard as well. It would be absolutely perfect. But happy Christmas to all happy of our Christmas. listeners. Happy Christmas. Happy yes. Christmas, Mr. State. And uh, uh, we, we've, uh, for, those, for those people who are, are unable to see us on YouTube, you're missing out, folks, because we've got the Christmas sweaters. Mark's got... I've got a new one. Look, it's an R2-D2 one with Anders. It says, Merry oh, Force be with, be with you. you. Very, See, very on on yeah. key there, Mr. Stay. Love it. <laughs> I've stuck with my uh, very interesting, oh, um, lovely penguin with, with, with a dicky bow. My, it's a penguin yeah. with a dicky bow on it. It's lovely. absolutely awful, um, but I love it. It's my <laughs> ugly Christmas sweater. It comes out once a year, and I will wear it in the spirit of of this. But happy Christmas, everyone! If you're listening to this, maybe maybe you're listening to this and you've 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 already had your Christmas dinner. Um, and you're settling into like what better way? What better way to spend Christmas, Christmas day afternoon than listening to the bestseller experiment podcast? Who needs crazy people. And family? What are you doing? <laughs> Get the Quality Street open. And I was going to say put on the Queen's speech, but it won't no. be the Queen's speech this year. Will it be the King's speech? King's speech. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's going to be yeah. interesting. Interesting. They did a but film I've, about I've, that. I've been joined by certain guests. So Mark, um, I believe you're a. You've got something lined up for me, haven't you? Um, well, do you I, tell the t- and, and our listeners, of course. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you can all join in with this. This is the bestseller experiment, super duper Christmas quiz, twenty twenty two. So I've got ten questions. 
based on episodes that we happen we had in the year 2022, and uh, I'm going to be testing Mr. D's knowledge okay. and ha- check out if he's actually been paying attention to any yeah. of the stuff uh, that's can, come can out I this just, year. Can I just put a big disclaimer out there right from the outset, and that is if if you get a higher score than me, you're very welcome <laughs> <laughs> because I expect that's going to happen. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm up for it, Mr. Stay. I love this. It. This is like, do you know what I miss about not being in not being in England? One of my favourite things in the world, the good old pub quiz. Pub quiz. We don't, Love we a don't pub have, quiz. Like, for people who don't live in the UK, and maybe it's a tradition that has expanded, but they're, they're, the little village pub quiz on a Tuesday night with that one team that you can never beat. Yes. Uh, yeah. And pub quizzes ruined all over the world by access to the internet and smartphones. But anyway, we won't go there. I love a good pub quiz. So when you told me you'd prepared a, a little quiz for the year, I thought, fantastic, bring it on. Love it. Love yeah. It. Don't get, this isn't, this isn't pub quiz level. This is oh, really? I've you know and oh. I have done quizzes. I have done and to name drop massively, I did a I did a, a, a oh, Brian Blessed again. No, no. <laughs> uh, Ju- uh Julie Waters and Michael Palin, right? I Ooh. did a quiz at the Orion uh sales conference and I massively misjudged it. It went on far too long. Oh. And it was with all the famous people Brookiera, in the room as well. And, and we were into hour four or something, and I was reading out a question and I said, How long? And Julie Waters from the crowd went, Not as long as this bloody quiz. <laughs> so I've been not only has Julie Waters read an audio book based on my short story this year, she's heckled me at a quiz as well. Right. So big, me there's and Julie, not, like that we are. There's not many people that can say that, that's for certain. No, and it. also so, the next day, I, I there were two, because I think George Harrison had recently died. So it must have been 2002, 2003. And I had at least two questions in the quiz about George Harrison. And Michael Palin there, who was friends with George Harrison, because George Harrison put the money up for Life of Brian uh, and created handmade films, which did so many of Michael's oh subsequent fil- movies. Yeah. And um, Michael Palin the next day was giving a talk about one of his books. I think it was his first volume of Diaries. And he said, um, and George Harrison, who was mentioned several times in last night's quiz, and I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> so yeah i've embarrassed myself in front of michael palin and julie waters big name drops so yeah i can do that all day long well talking Um, about the length talking about the length of quizzes i think that's why they have quizzes in pubs because if mark if you were to do the quiz in a pub they would definitely have to kick you out by 11 (laughs) or last orders right yeah right but just let people know this isn't going to be four hour quiz is it this is gonna be quite a uh, 10 questions 10 questions questions. all right bring it on folks absolute you're gonna absolutely I'm really worried. And these are all episodes that we've had this year. So, you know, it should be fresh in your memory. What was it? Yeah, 50, only 12 50, months ago. I'm sure yeah, I remember 50, it. Yeah, 50, yeah, 52 yeah. episodes plus deep. I've done so, a couple deep of deep dive, dive questions. Yeah, oh! <laughs> Brilliant. Bring it on. Right. Come here in. we go. So on episode 371, which I'm sure you've got logged away yeah, there. I can, off the top of my mind, I know that was uh, that author, wasn't it? That yeah, we that had author. On that time. Yes. yes. Okay. Up episode 371, uh, best-selling author Kathy Bramley had a book launch in a peculiar location. For your first point, name the location. Yes, you said this was going to be easy. Okay. It's, it oh, is a, oh, oh, I think I remember. I think I remember. Hang on. See, I knew you would. I knew you'd get it. It was a telephone box. Yes! Point one! Point one! Red letter, I remember it, red letter telephone box in her, and I actually see the, I can see the picture in my mind. It was, it's in her village and they turned the 
they turned the telephone box into a book library. Yes, well done. Very and good. And she wrote to the mayor who came along See, and it's all flooding it's all back now. Oh my God. All flooding the useless back. information you remember. No, no disregard. <laughs> but but abs- yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Brilliant. There's a Episode great photo. 371 if you want to check that out, okay. folks. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was a highlight of the year. That was fantastic. Good. See? And to everyone, See? And it is not as bad as all. To everyone who has one of those little book things outside their things, one of their book little mini libraries outside. These are cropping up all over the place locally. We've got one up the road. Phone books I one love up the road. It. It's fantastic. I, love it. I always yeah. stop by um, our local one and I have a little peek in and I stick a book in there and yep. on my way. And it's lo- I love it. I think it's such a brilliant thing. So to anyone who's done that or anyone thinking of doing it as a news resolution, go for it. Great idea. Yes. Best idea ever. Right. So episode 376, ah, our one. special guest, yes, <laughs> uh, our special guest was Martin Latham, author of A Bookseller's Tale. Martin oh. is the manager of which bookshop? Oh, it's too easy, Mr. Stane. Too easy. <laughs> I remember this episode. I'll let people think about it. They can write down their answers. You've got a few. It's, okay, I'll give you, I'll shortlist it for you. It was. It's a UK bookstore for all our American and Canadian, Australian, South African, wherever you're in the world. Um, but no, I remember this one because it was an absolutely brilliant episode. He was one of the funniest guests I think we he's had brilliant. this year. He was, he's like, well, I think if I remember rightly, we talked in the post about how he has missed a career in stand-up comedy because he's yeah. so brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's but he is the manager of Waterstones in... Yep. Kent, I believe. Canterbury. Yes. Canterbury. Canterbury. That's right. Canterbury. Yes, he is. And he's also, he is Waterstone's longest serving manager. And the other thing we discovered in that episode is he's got the the highest, the most expensive petty cash claim that the chain has ever. And if you want to find out why, You'll have to check out the episode, episode yeah. 376. So brilliant. You're two for two now, Mr. Two for two. Very, very good. Very, very good. This is like a penalty shootout in the World Cup final. Who's going to blink first? Yeah. Go for it. Episode 378. Our special guest was Tim Sullivan, who is not only a best selling author, he directed the film Jack and Sarah. He wrote the first draft of Shrek 4, and he also wrote which 2021 animated movie featuring four legged heroes? Yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm feeling very confident about this one. These are good, aren't they? Yeah, this is good. Oh, these are great. These are really good fun, actually. I remember that episode because it was the most bizarre, based on what he writes, it was the yeah. most bizarre thing to come out. And I believe it was the movie, the Hollywood movie of My Little Pony. Oh, first class, first Thank class, you. brilliant. Yeah, My Little Pony, A New Generation. A New Generation, no, yes. so yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe only yeah. half a point for not getting the full title. <laughs> yeah, no, that was brilliant. I mean, Tim was a great guest and he's had such an extraordinary career. And yes, he wrote the first draft of Shrek 4, which never got made. And I remember telling my my son is an aficionado of the Shrek films. Oh, and when I Shrek. told him what Shrek 4 was like, he was like, oh, why didn't they make that instead? But Tim is now, you know, Best-selling uh, thriller writer and um, very and he's very good on um, he's very good on Instagram as well Instagram and TikTok so do check him yeah. out. Brilliant. A little, bit, three of Shrek, a little bit of Shrek trivia for you. Yes, Mark. go on, go on, go on. Um, my one of my co-writers musically, Stephen Barton, who's now a big famous Hollywood movie producer and does lots of big video games. He wrote some of the music in Shrek. 
Wow. Yeah, that's one of really? his first gigs. Yeah, one of his first gigs. He got to write with Harry Gregson Williams, who did the music oh, for Shrek. Yeah. He wrote a lot of the music in Narnia as well as an assistant. Wow. So, yeah. But, uh, I love, and weirdly enough, I was going through Christmas DVDs. Like, we still have DVDs over here in Canada. Um, and I was actually, I was actually clearing out a few things because I wanted to give some stuff to the thrift store for, you know, people to buy for their kids and stuff for Christmas. Mm. And I came across all of the Shrek movies and I have them on PAL and NTSC. So I have oh, like, really? I have, I'm not just, I'm not just like, you know, I've got a double set. So, you know, if I'm in the UK, I can watch the UK version. And if I'm in North America and watch, it's a pain in the butt, to be honest, because if you get mixed up, yeah. it's a nightmare. Um, but I also came across the, the Shrek Christmas special, right. which I completely yeah. forgotten about. So it's on a pile because we like to always do it Christmas puzzles and Christmas movies in the house that's the big thing in the Devoe household over Christmas so we'll be putting on the Christmas special from Shrek which I, I can, haven't seen in a few years but I remember it was very very funny I don't, I don't have many regrets in life but one of them is buying I think it was Shrek 2 in a special case that when you opened it it had one of those little uh little recorded things where it's got Eddie Murphy going, Shrek and Ducky on another whirlwind adventure. Whenever you open it, Shrek and Ducky on another whirlwind adventure. 15 times a day, Shrek and Ducky on another whirlwind. And it drove me absolutely nuts. Do you know what though, Mark? That's probably worth an absolute fortune. It might be. Because I was going through Wii games as well. And I thought, I'm going to give all these to the thrift store. And I thought, um, I wonder if there's anything in there which is like collectible. And there was a Club Penguin. Oh, Club Penguin. Club Penguin. Remember game. that. Right? Remember, remember that? That, that was, back in that the, was the NFT of its days, it wasn't was, it? It was. It was. It was the kids, <laughs> kids like penguins, I think, doing snow snow races down the hill was one of the things I seem to remember them making me play when I didn't understand what was going on. But uh, And it's kind of a Christmas theme. Though, you know, you've got this. But, yeah, apparently the if you've got the Wii version of Club Penguin, uh something i can't remember what called called now but it's worth about like 500 dollars that one week came so god <laughs> who knew fortunately well, my, unfortunately i unfortunately for the thrift store i i had the uh, two dollar version which is the one everyone else has but anyway well my son is constantly trading games with a store in the uk it's a chain where you can go in and trade games and it's uh it's spelled c-e-x but pronounced sex so my son is constantly going, oh, yeah, I'm just going to the sex store. It's like, George. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> not I bet when, you not they, my granny and granddad are here. <laughs> at, and I bet you that wasn't planned at all when they were thinking of names of things that would go down well. Brilliant. <laughs> Love that stuff. All right, let's rock right. on. Right, you do, you're on a roll here, Mr. D. You're on a roll. I think this, you're going to get this one. This is a nice, okay. easy one. Go on then. But, yeah. Uh, so episode 383. Andrew Chapman was our special guest. What is unique about the way that he wrote his novel, The Mask Collector. Oh, how can I forget this one? How can I forget? This was actually probably one of the, I would say one of the most brilliant moments of this year because mm. if I remember rightly, it came from a off-the-cuff comment that we made on the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Andrew Chapman decided, having listened to the podcast, that he was going to attempt to write an entire novel in 24 hours. And we're not Very talking good. 24 hours, you know, over the day, but literally writing for 24 hours. And I believe the book is, it's all here, isn't it? The Bone Collector? 
The Bone Collector, yes. Very was that good. right? The Mask, no. Uh, the Mask Collector. Mask Sorry, collector. Andrew. Sorry, is, Andrew. I knew it was the something collector. It was in the question. I said it in the At question. At least I didn't say Bow Selector or something like that. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the Mask, mask collector. collector. I can, I can, see, I can see it. And, it. and it went to, it, whilst he was writing it, it started trending on Twitter. Mm. Remember his lovely partner was out there doing stuff on social mm. media. And he actually jumped above, I believe, Stephen King. Yeah. Um, in one of the in one of the pre-release charts, and then when he released it, he got one of those lovely little orange bestseller badges. So, and this was our, one of our listeners on the bestseller experiment. So, yeah, Andrew, brilliant, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, highlight of the year for me, Mark. You got to make these me harder. Too. You got to make these harder. Definitely, definitely. All right, okay. So, next question. It's question five. Halfway there. Episode three nine two. Our special guest was David Lee Stone, who had an extraordinary story where he got this incredible book deal. Do you remember where he was working when he heard about this book deal? Oh, oh I think I've stumped him. I think I've stumped him, listeners. Know, do you know what? I'm... Do you know why I can't remember this straight? I think I know it, but I, I'm, I'm, it's a one or two. Because we had someone else write in once and tell us that something about they were working it in now this isn't my answer by the way but somebody somebody wrote into us i think and said that they were they they did late night shifts in a supermarket right and, yes um and they listened to the podcast and it helped them get through the night and yeah. so my mind instantly went oh he worked in super i thought no hang on a minute he didn't work in a supermarket i think he worked in a video store. Oh, it's good. Was it Blockbusters? It's, it I think was. It, might, it was Blockbusters. Yes. Oh, look at that. Five and he had to five. escape out the back he did, of yeah, the shop. He did, yeah, because of the press. Yeah. Because of all the press, because it was one of the largest advances. Mm. Is that right? It was one of the largest advances in history. It was on the news. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it, was, it was really big news, just, yeah. And... That's one of my favourite episodes of the year, and I've become sort of friends with David and and his family and amazing. everything. And he's, uh, you know he's what? a bit this of a legend is, around here. This yeah. is a great quiz mark because it just makes us realise all the amazing stories that have come out of this year. It's almost as if it's been designed that way, Mister. Almost. <laughs> I love it. Bring it on. All right. Right. Episode three nine nine. Our special guest was the author Alyssa Suave. Which much loved food brand? is featured in her novel, Ginger and Me. And to give you an extra clue, this food brand's factory is based near Undingston, near Glasgow. Oh. Do you know what? If you hadn't put that last bit in, <laughs> I might have not got it. But do you know what? I'm struggling to remember the name. Okay. It's a... I'm going to give people a little bit of time to write down their answers before I mess it all up for them. Um... Oh, what they called? Okay, it's it's a classic Scottish confectionery item. Comes yep. wrapped. Yeah, it's. I know that it's a biscuit or a shortbread, kind of. And it's what's the name of it? <laughs> um, no. Um, it's something like Kinnock's. Oh, you're McKin so close. I know. So close. I know. I can, I can see it in my mind, and I can't. We get, shamelessly, I can't... we shamelessly try to get them to sponsor the to sponsor uh, the podcast. Them. We were tagging them it's on the social classic, media and everything. Why can't I remember this? It's the classic Scottish, yep, biscuit which yep. everyone had growing up, and it's yep. called. Uh, wouldn't you pay a ton 
to Tannocks. Yes! Oh, gosh. Tannocks wafers and Tannocks tea cakes and everything. You see, that's where... You know, and to be honest, I'm I'm really I feel really mm. sad that I got that wrong because me and biscuits, my knowledge of biscuits <laughs> is like as deep as bestseller experiment. I mean, honestly, how I couldn't get that one off the top of my tongue. But I, I think to be honest, it's probably that is now seeing those types of things, having lived in Canada for over 10 years, Mark. We had we had Thank our you. 10 year anniversary. Um over 10 years since I've kind of been around that stuff. So every time I come back to England, I literally, the last time I was in England, Mark, when I got to the airport, I went into WH Smith's. This is so sad. I went into WH Smith's at the airport. I've just flown like, I've been like, I've been up for like 18 hours, night, I'm jet lagged. First thing I did, WH Smith. And I took a photo of, of all of the chocolate bars to send the kids going, oh, and not just a photo, but one that they could literally zoom in and look at every single bar. Yeah. And yeah. they were like, what's this, what's this, uh, orange twirl thing this is i've not didn't even know that so yeah it's a classic of the genre so classic twist on an old favorite what what i failed to do though is i went didn't take a photo of all the biscuits in which case i would have got that answer 100 percent. but ah brilliant well if you got that one though you're a better man than i am or woman Mm, no you did well you did well now this one this is a tough one okay so episode 404 our special guest was Aggie Bloom Thompson. Wonderful guest. Absolutely brilliant. Now, her dog featured on social media when she was launching her book, and the dog is named after her favourite flavour of ice cream. What? And it's mine too, actually. What is the name of the dog and her favourite ice cream? Oh. Do you know what? When you started, when you first mentioned the dog... I remember, and this is not fair. This isn't a fair. We have so many pets this is a hard one. And, yeah, and so many pets, pets yeah. and authors. And we had one. You see, the problem is we recently, between now and 404, we had a pet called Cinnamon, but that's not an ice cream is it so it wasn't cinnamon but there was an author with a with a dog called Cinnamon recently and now I can't I can't think of it. Okay, <laughs> hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Um it's not mint choc chip. It's not vanilla. It's not chocolate because that's too obvious. It's not tutti frutti because that would be an awesome <laughs> name for a dog. Um, butterscotch? No. Oh, God. Uh, sorry, it's a very difficult question. I'm taking the piss. Oh, hang on. No, no not, not Neapolitan. <laughs> I'm, I'm scraping. I'm scraping the end of the ice cream bowl there. It, uh, I'm taking the piss. Pistachio, pistachio. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I knew that's it. That's a tough one. I, that is a tough one. That was a that's good a question. If anyone got that, that was that's top marks. That's that's getting into detail. <laughs> pistachio, of course. Yeah, and it's You're a right. great ice cream. It's green, isn't it? And it Brilliant. has the yeah. nuts in yeah, yeah. Nuts it. I haven't had pistachio yeah. ice cream in years. It's really good. We've oh. got a very good uh, ice cream place called Macari's in Herne Bay, which does a fantastic pistachio. Do you know what I did have last night, though, Mark? Candy cane ice cream. Oh, I'm not sure. It's I really good. It doesn't yeah. sound good, but it's really good. It's actually it's like peppermint. It's actually bits of crushed can, candy cane, right? Um, in a kind of a it's like mint choc chip, but instead of the choc, you get the the candy cane crushed. And I'll tell you what, it's like a bun fight at the supermarket when it comes out because it's a limited edition. It comes out in December, right? 
And it's, I think it must be a family tradition for a lot of people in North America, because, you know, if you get that last, last tub, you'd be there, you know, someone would be hitting you with their TV that they've grabbed just to get the ice cream. So very nice. addition. Yeah. What have we come to? I know, right. Honestly. Um, three more questions to go. So question number eight. This is episode 405. We did a deep dive with Susie Edge where she was talking about TikTok and how she's mastered TikTok. It's like absolutely great feedback on this absolutely cracking deep dive. But whose death meant that I decided to record a special introduction to the episode? Mm. Well, this was one of the big events of the year, wasn't it? Because I remember what I loved <laughs> what, about... What, this deep dive? Su- yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, what I remember about... What I found incredibly fascinating about Susie, who's also a patron and is in the BXP team, yeah. which is great, yeah. so everyone gets to chat with her every day, is that she had the most phenomenal rise to fame on TikTok. For someone who said she didn't wear a bikini, you know, dance <laughs> around, and got, but she got like millions of views on TikTok, and it's absolutely brilliant. And the timing of the episode was uncanny, wasn't it? Because it was the Queen that passed away and she wrote about the deaths of British monarchs. Royals, yeah. The the book is called Mortal Monarchs. And I remember when uh, sort of a a week or 10 days before it was announced the Queen had died, Susie was saying that she was having conversations with a publisher about, God, do we even publish this, you know? Right. Uh, and do we change the blurb and, and things like that? So there was there was a whole conversation going around about that. So I did, you know, we recorded the episode before the Queen died, but the episode went out after she died. So I figured wow. I better make it clear to people because it's a really fun interview and, you know, Susie and I are having a good laugh, but I didn't want people to think that we were sort of, you know, having a laugh at the expense of the Queen. So, uh, yeah, good one. Very good. Okay. So that, was, that was one of the, the coincidences of the year, I'd say, the fact, I mean, yeah. what the chances, but um, yeah, amazing. Absolutely. But absolutely. Big, and it's a cracking big, book yeah. as well. A really, really good book. Um, so Mortal Monarchs, do check it out. Right. Question nine. Episode 406, we had the legendary Scott Turo come on, author of Presumed Innocent, massive bestseller. But he's also played with which author rock and roll supergroup whose members include Stephen King, Amy Tan, Dave Barry, and many others who've come in and out over the years. So this is a rock and roll supergroup made up of best-selling authors what are they called? What's the name of the band? <laughs> oh, you've got me, Mr. Stone. <laughs> He's waiting till episode nine to really to really nail it in. You know, when you said his when you said Scott's name, I thought, oh, the answer's gonna be presumed innocence. I know that. But then you said presumed, I was like, no, no. And then when you said about the band, I thought you were gonna say I was gonna have to say Stephen King, because he's obviously in the band. Yeah. What I do remember about the band though, whilst I desperately try and think of their name, is that the the name is very ironic and it's about how bad they are. Yes, um, yes, keep going, keep so going. So it's the something, is it something to do with blues? Uh, the bad, the bad, the, 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 oh. What happens, right, think of a book's life cycle, okay? Book is published, goes into bookshops. Not all of them sell. So what happens to those books that don't sell? Uh, they either get pulped or they go into the bargain bargain basement the bin the bargain bin and what's that the, bin called the bin is called the oh no it's, sorry this is really hard i don't know i can't 
Shall I put you out of your misery? God, put everyone out of them. I know, in fact, there's probably loads of people are screaming right now going, yes, <laughs> <laughs> The band is called The Rock Bottom Remainders. Oh, yes. <laughs> Brilliant question. Oh, I love it. Love it, love it. Right, final question, and then we'll put you out of your misery. And this is this is really hard. Okay, question ten: How many words has Mark Hood written since starting his word count tracker on his website? And I'll accept any number to the closest thousand. Now I want to see your hands. I don't want you suddenly googling this, right? Because I've got it here in front oh, of me. Right, man. so Mark Hood. Okay, uh, long-term support of the podcast, fantastic author, author of. The Return of the Martians, which is a fantastic sequel to War of the Worlds. He also does his brilliant um, uh, Jacob's War and The Fairies Want Me Dead, which is coming soon. But he is one of our greatest uh, uh, exponents of the 200 words a day thing. He writes every day. He has written for 1,086 days at the there's time of recording. Yeah, so there's, there's a, clue. a clue for you. I'll just do that in my head. Yeah, do that in your head. Because you remember he was doing about an average of 600 words 600 a day, words wasn't he? Oh, um, God. So, yeah. Okay. So, I remember the episode where he had written to us, uh, yeah. written on the group, that he had hit the half a million okay. mark. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it gets really confusing because we have our other insane writer who has done over a million. So that's a bit of a trick question there. <laughs> um, so it's definitely over half, somewhere between half a million and... But the thing is, I'm I'm going to have to try and work out when it was five hundred thousand because I think it was a couple of months ago, uh, maybe three months ago. So if we multiply three months by six hundred, that's six hundred by ninety, which is hang on, six hundred by ninety is nine thousand times six five fifty four thousand. So I'm going to go for five hundred thousand, five hundred and fifty four thousand. No. <laughs> right. Today, and, and we're recording this, uh, just to let you in on the clue, we're recording this mid-December, folks. Uh, so today, Mark Hood has written 704,655 words. How did yeah. I get so far out? Yeah. I mean, it's Brilliant. amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check out Mark so Hood's website. Almost a quarter uh, of a million. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, Three quarters man. of a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what yeah. does that say for my my math, eh? <laughs> I think I need to go back to school. That's brilliant. No, I'd have been completely stumped by that. That's kind of an unfair question. But well done, Mr. D. That's a well, very good you. show. Very I good show. I love that. Thank you for putting those questions together. And just as a little twist, Mark doesn't know this, but I've got a question for you, Mark. I've got a quiz question oh, for you. Oh, dear. Yes. <laughs> it's the Mark's Revenge. In the background, Mark, you will see a certain yes. well-known character. Yes. Uh, for anyone listening to this in audio, it'd be a bit rubbish if I don't say who it is. It's actually Father Christmas. Uh, the very traditional Father Christmas, big white beard, big hat, and you like, you know, sack of, sack of presents over his shoulder. Do you know where the modern day Father Christmas, this, this image of Father Christmas originated from? Yes, from a Coca-Cola advertising oh, campaign. Yeah. Very um, good. Well, you know, it's, uh, uh, my uncle used to work for Coke. And I went through a phase, he was a driver for Coca-Cola, and I went through a phase of becoming very nerdy about Coke and the history of Coke and where it all started and looking at, and I got into sort of looking at the history of it. And yes, our modern Santa Claus, because uh, the other thing is in America, they, they don't really call him Father Christmas, they call him Santa Claus. Uh, that, 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 that red and white thing 
comes from the Coke ad campaign. Yeah. When so I, uh, when I found yeah. that out, I was I was floored. I could not believe that it come mm. from a drink. Yeah, <laughs> I thought yeah. it had gone back years of history and you know yeah. folklore and. Well, yeah. the, you know, it's it's interesting because the next Woodville book taps into this, so I'm very mm. in tapped into where these kind of um, Krampus and Holly King and all these kind of old. There's always been a kind of a big bearded man who turns up at this time of year, and sometimes he can be quite malevolent, and sometimes he brings you know gifts and has jolly elves. Uh, so it's uh, it's one of these things that's evolved over time, and it does does fascinate me. So yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. Brilliant stuff. (laughs) Excellent. Now, I believe we put the call out for Christmas cracker jokes, didn't we? This was something we asked about. Yes, yes. And this is, again, it's a very British tradition. I saw that the internet has gone wild at the moment because, you know, Hallmark put out all these uh, Christmas movies every year and there are dozens of the things. And there was one, because we have Christmas crackers in the UK and I think you have them in Canada, but they don't have them in the States. And there's a clip that's been going around from this film, and I forgot what the film's called, where you've got this American couple, and he he apparently has British heritage. And he says, oh, we have a thing in the UK called Christmas crackers. And he gets this Christmas cracker out, which is, you know, for those who don't know, a little sort of cardboard tube with two handles. And what he does, oh, he says, yes, and we, we do it after dinner. No, we don't. Uh, we do it before Christmas dinner. Yeah. And he says, we pull the crackers and we share the things within. And then what he does is he grips both ends of the cracker himself and then pulls it apart. And everyone, you know, every British person said, was there no one on the crew from England who could sit you down and go, that's not how we do that's it. Not how the, you do the, it. No, no, you, 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 there's a whole competition. Exactly. Because you, you give it Fighting. to your sibling, you know, yeah. or, or whatever. And, you know, the idea is whoever, you know, and you, you each pull the cracker apart, you know, from each other. And then whoever has the longest bit, retains all the gifts in the cracker. So yeah. you get the, the little frog that goes boing the, or a the frog. tiny pair of nail clippers. Yeah, sewing or, kit. Uh, yeah, sewing kit or a compass some, uh, that doesn't work. Three three <laughs> small miniature cards that do some crap magic trick. <laughs> uh, and not to forget the, the forehead sweat hat, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you, get get... Pa- you get a paper crown, which you have to wear, otherwise you everyone do. grumbles at you. And if you're in a hot environment, it will leave a coloured stain across your forehead, depending yeah. on the, how it's cheap really the paper quite gross. Is. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and then you also find out which relatives have really, really big heads, because as they put it on, it usually rips down one side, <laughs> and then they're it's usually made, feeling yeah. a bit kind of like left out. So brilliant stuff. But um, also, in, in each cracker, you get a terrible terrible joke and so we put the call out and um our listeners delivered uh with terrible terrible jokes so i don't know if we should do them all at once i think it might just be too exhausting for the listener it probably I don't would know if we be. should should we yeah. pepper them throughout Let's drag the, uh... them out over next year shall we <laughs> <laughs> oh go on give me, give me oh, i want to hear one to start with though before we okay, go into so, our new year's resolutions so, uh Jeevani, Jeevani sent this in Jeevani Chirika, who said what do you call an elf who depends on santa claus Self-elf? A subordinate clause. See, it's one for the righteous oh, there. It's one oh, for the righteous. Very good. Brilliant. Thank you, Jeeve. Very, very good. Very good. Do you, do, you want, do you want another one? Yeah, go on. Just getting into that. Okay. This one's from Tracy Montague. What did one snowman say to the other? I don't know. What did one snowman say to the other? Is it me? Or do you smell carrots? <laughs> <laughs> the old classic... Oh my gosh. I've got a modern day one here, Mark, for you. 
Go on. What does Miley Cyrus have at Christmas? I don't know. Twerky. <laughs> That's genuinely good. That's yeah, actually good. good, isn't it? That's one you won't find in a Christmas cracker. Yeah. I've done a bit of research myself here. I've got a few more cheeky ones like, uh, what do vampires sing on New Year's Eve? I don't know. Old Fang Sign, of course. <laughs> okay. That's good. Yeah. Not bad. Brilliant stuff. Not bad. Before everyone leaves us uh, to do better things, <laughs> um, we wanted to spend a little bit of time, as we always do each this time of year, talking about your goals for next year because. You know, this is the traditional time when most people yeah. firstly say, what the blooming hell happened to the last 12 months? Yeah, especially like, when you get to our age. Blimey. Well, it does, because I remember recording the Christmas special just last month, and now we're yeah. doing it again. And But it's it's a really good time to take stock. And hopefully, my, my hope for everyone listening is that you'll get a little bit of time over this Christmas period uh, to just think about, what you want well reflect it's always important to reflect on the last year uh, we don't do that enough we don't reflect backwards to think about the good things that happened and not so great things that happened and things we wanted to do but we didn't we didn't manage to get time to do and within our writing world this is it encompasses so many different things it might be a habits that we wanted to establish or new habits we have established it might be the book that we intended to finish but we didn't even start or we got halfway through and got stuck with it or celebrating that we actually did hit some major milestones in our year. So reflection is really, really important this time of year. But as important is looking forward, is looking forward in both senses of the word to, to the next 12 months. Because we both know, don't we, stay that when you set goals, when you actually write them down, when you actually put something down on paper, when you create a dream declaration, you actually increase the chances of, of it happening. And I know for a lot of people, firstly, to celebrate, I think we should take this moment just to celebrate all the wins that we've heard about this year. Every week. It's been yeah. bonkers, really, hasn't it? I would say of the six years we've been doing this show, this last 12 months has been insane for the amount of best celebration. Ever. Right? Best yeah. ever. And not yeah, just a little ever. bit, but by, by, a, by a country <clears throat> mile. So yeah. congratulations to everyone out there who achieved whatever it was that they, whether they were celebrating a small win or something major, congratulations, because you know yeah. what, you take that with you, you can chalk it down. And as I say, no one can ever take that away from you. Um, so either if you're building on the successes of this year or you're just getting started and you want to you want to reset maybe, let's have a think about goals for next year. And so we'll chuck out a few ideas, I think, for our listeners, Mark. One of them, obviously, for anyone who's not even started or heard of the 200 Word Challenge, it's a really easy way to start, isn't it? And I remember when we launched it, we launched it on January the 1st. I think about four, three, four years ago now. And something about starting it at the beginning of January gives you the opportunity to keep going. I think when, you know, you can do it any time, but there's something about starting at the beginning of the month saying, right, I'm going to try and do this for at least a week, uh, two weeks, a month. If you can get to the end of January and you've written every day, there's a very, very high chance that you might end up writing for the whole year. Um, as we've heard with Mark Hood um, and others that have, that have, you know, written now for three, four, five years consistently. Um, so I think that's a that's a good start for ten mark, isn't it? The two hundred word challenge. I think I, I converted a couple of people at Christmas fate a couple of weeks ago as well because uh, oh, you know we we just took. What happens is when you have a bookstore, people you, the comment you get a lot is, "Oh, I, I wonder if I've got a book in me." And I will always say, "Hey, look, you know, we have this two hundred word a day challenge. You should try it out." And very often people go, well, I haven't got time. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I, I tell them about, you know, the challenge and the fact that 
takes maybe 20 minutes a day. Take take a little time out of your day. Surely you can find a little bit of time. And it's not about the words. It's about creating the habit. And once you have the habit, then the words come more readily. And, all. and I, you could see the light in their eyes as they thought, actually, you know what? I might actually be able to do this. And something fired up within them. Because, you know, we do this we do this over the airwaves and over podcasts. And we, you know, we, we know that people do it because we see them on social media logging their words and, and spreading the word. Um, but it was great to see someone in person going, maybe I can write a novel. Maybe, hmm. maybe that dream isn't some bonkers after all. And it was so great to see it happen in the flesh, you know. So um, that was great. That was absolutely great. So, yeah, if you're listening to this thinking – Maybe I will give it a go. Give it a go. Do it. Definitely. So if you listen to this now and it's the, you know, you're you it's Christmas week, um, pop along to 200 wordchallengecom and just register. If you've registered, then you've kind of committed yourself to doing it. And I think that's it takes like what 10 seconds to register. It's a free challenge. So do that and then put a note in your diary. If you don't want to do it straight away, I always recommend to people that once you register, just go write 200 words and just, you know, warm up, warm up, have a stretch. But if you're planning on starting on the 1st of January, then then set yourself a reminder now in your calendar or your online, you know, whatever app, whatever it might be. Set yourself a little recurring reminder, whatever time of day. And pick a time of day that you're going to try and do it as well. Don't just put it in your top of your day and you know, all do an all day thing. Actually pick a time, commit to it like it were a doctor's appointment. Show up for yourself, show up for your writing and set a reminder to actually tell you to do it. Like, you know, I like to get an email reminder from Google Calendar, it works brilliantly, or a little text, it's your phone, just, just to ping it in there at that particular time. So that's that's a definite a definite good way of managing if you, it. If you're on Twitter, um, look up the hashtag 200 words a day. I'm there, there's a whole bunch of us there. We log our words every day, we have a good laugh, we're sharing gifts and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> we're all doing it in our own individual way. So look yeah. up that hashtag. 200 words a day and I'll be there. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. So that's the first thing I think we want to talk about. The second thing is I want to talk about goals. I want to talk about a different way of doing goals this year. Now, we all create to-do lists and we all have a million and one things that we need to do with our books. But when we're talking top level, when we're talking about the goals that we want to create, uh, this is the time of year to really put two things in place, some realistic goals and what I like to call dream goals, some daft-like things that you would never imagine happen in your world, but allowing yourself to go there. And this is the format for doing it. So we're going to do five goals in total. So if you've got a pen and paper and you can pause the podcast, you know, we're not going to wait for you to write down your goals, but I want you to get a pen and paper, maybe get your journal or your bullet journal somewhere where you can refer back and you know where it's going to be saved, get your notes open on your phone, for example. And I want you to write down three goals that you would like to achieve with your writing in the next 12 months. Three realistic, what you believe to be realistic goals. So those might be, you know, to write so many words or to write so many times a week. Uh, it might be to finish a half-written novel. It might be to, uh, you know, write the first, you know, ideas of a, a new series that you're putting together, whatever it might be for you. But try and think of three specific goals. And when you've done that, then I want you to have some fun with it. And I want you to write two extra goals which are what I call off the chart goals. These are goals where, you know, in your wildest imagination, as you're brilliant writers, you've got these brilliant imaginations. I want you to come up with two things that in your wildest imagination, 
you would absolutely be blown away if it could happen. And the rule for this is that you have no idea how it could ever in a million years happen. You like, you don't know anyone, you don't know the process, <laughs> whatever it might be. It might be, I don't know, write and write a, you know, the next, you know, win an Oscar for a screenplay of a book that you wrote, or something like that, or get a Netflix series, or win some amazing author prize, or sell a certain number of books, which you just think is insane. Write it down, be very specific. Um, because my hope is, Mark, this time next year, we'll get some people who'll say, remember that Christmas special? Yeah. Where? yeah. Because there's enough people out there in the world. But Definitely. I always say, and this is a very important thing, I always say that before something can happen in your life, it has to be first imagined. And you have to believe that it could happen. And with the magic of Christmas, we know that anything's possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> so... You know, this is a process of actually allowing the beginnings of these ideas or the right people in your life to show up who are maybe going to help you get there. Because again, we never know the journey. We never know who might show up. But when you have, to, when you first imagine it, it's become real in your mind. And then when you write it down, it becomes real in the world. It's, it's literally there on a piece of paper that you can see on your screen. And there's something that's magical for me that happens when I do that. And that it's suddenly, it's a bit like birthing a baby it's like the beginning of the journey and it's we go. And two blokes talking about two blokes talking about, yeah <laughs> no but you <laughs> no i know what you mean you know what I, mean? I, do, I, I there is a lot to be said for being able to visualize something happening it does i think yeah i do think without getting woo woo it's just a practical well, thing is is that you think okay yeah that is doable i can actually do that and, and it I've just always, makes it that much more realistic yeah and i've always said to people mark as well i always love to do this exercise in my coaching where i say look around you and help pick something up and hold something so i've got like um i don't know this water bottle, for example. And and some for this to actually appear today in my hand as a physical object, somebody had to first imagine it. And not just imagine, oh, I'm mm. going to do a water bottle, but they had to design it. They had to think about it. They had to think about, well, I'm going to do the screw tap with all these bits of I'm going to make it blue. And, and because they thought about it beforehand, it's now exists in the world. And the same is true for your goals. If you can imagine them beforehand, then you allow them potentially to exist in the world. So, speaking speaking of goals, what did Rudolph want for Christmas? I don't know. What did Rudolph want for Christmas? A pony sleigh station. <laughs> That's from Andrew Chapman. Thank you very much. Did I wonder, Andrew? Did that take you twenty four hours to write as well? That's a good one. I like that. Thank you. That's really anyway, good. Again, well, something good. you wouldn't read in the Christmas cracker. We should probably have. Maybe we should be like. Uh, was it Russell Brand did the alternative? Queen's speech we should have the alternative christmas cracker jokes uh <laughs> like absolutely we comedy <laughs> absolutely brilliant um how did scrooge win the football game mark i don't know the ghost of christmas passed very good <laughs> <laughs> love it brilliant stuff so folks if you're interested in if you enjoyed this little kind of mini coaching session around goals this is the kind of thing that i do in the academy i work on life coaching for writers it's all about the inner game of writing it's all about the mental things that hold us back or help us excel and mark focuses on all the incredible craft side you know all the how do you construct a, a story the plot the characters the you know all the all the and that's as deep as you want to go with that um, but people fun. are often kind of like, well, what is, what's, what's right, life coaching for writers? We talk about goals. We talk about the, what I like to call the inner game of writing, which is setting yourself up for success. Because I've always said you can be the best writer in the world, but if you don't have the confidence or you don't have the self, the built up the self-esteem and 
and believe that this will can actually happen, you can finish that book, it, it often won't. And it's the other half of the coin that's often missing. So if you're interested in having Mark and I as your coaches for next year, we've opened the Academy doors for 2023. You can register now and you need to get in before the first week in January. Um, so pop along to academy.bestsellerexperiment.com. And if you need any more convincing about the value of what it can bring you in your writing life, just have a listen to the podcast episode, episode 400. It's on that homepage of the Academy where you hear the most amazing stories of six of our Academy members and their journey. And I'm sure a lot will resonate with you. And we would love, love to have you uh, in the Academy so that we can get to meet you in person. We, We show up on Zoom, we get to chat, we get to coach, we get to read some of your work. Uh, and you get to become part of an amazing community and a supportive, encouraging community. That's uh, such a great bunch. It's just, yeah. it's just amazing. It's such a brilliant experience. So please do go have a look at that. What's the difference between a writer and Christmas dinner? I don't know. What's the difference between a writer and Christmas dinner? Christmas dinner will feed the whole family for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> from Christopher Wills. I, I remember he put that on Facebook. I said, that's dark, Christopher. That's- oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. What did Santa say to the smoker? I don't know. Please don't smoke. It's bad for my elf. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, they're bad, aren't they? It gets, they're getting better. Who's Santa's favourite singer? Go on. Elvis Presley. Elvis See, Presley. We, bottom of the barrel stuff now. I once emceed a snowman's convention. I, I, I don't want to say it went badly. We got a very frosty reception. <laughs> that's from that's from Jeff White. Thanks for that, Jeff. Brilliant. Oh my gosh. And, I think we and should... to, to, well, to top it off, I top it off. I've got a poem here, and this is sent from award-winning, best-selling author Ian W. Sainsbury. He said, "I, I did write a Christmas poem a few years back." <clears throat> Excuse me. Brian, the brown-nosed reindeer would often break into a canter. Upon catching sight of his boss, he's overly fond of old Santa. That's from award-winning author Ian W. Sainsbury. Thank you, Ian. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> oh, we could keep I mean, going. How does good King Wences like his pizzas? Deep pan, crisp and even. Oh, it's a classic. It's a classic. Brilliant. I've not heard that one before. That's brilliant. Brilliant stuff. I think we should wrap it up there, Mark. I think, uh, you know, Wait, well, we're not completely intended. And we just wanted to wish everyone, as this is our last episode of the year, we'd like to wish you all a very peaceful, healthy, and happy end to the year. And most importantly, a peaceful, happy, and healthy 2023. And we just want to say thank you to everyone from the bottom of our hearts for all the incredible many... I would like to say thousands of communications that we've had. I think it is yeah, over the last amazing. year, all of the incredible wins, um, the the heartbreaking stories that we've had and the uplifting stories as well. Um, it's been absolutely brilliant. And it's why Mark and I show up every single week, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, all of human life is here and we love it. Now, uh, and also just to give you a little taster for some of the authors we've got coming next year, um, we've already recorded interviews with Christian Cameron, Cole Haddon, Matt Kane, Lou Abercrombie, Peter May, and Simon Scarrow. And we've got many, many more booked as well. We've got a fantastic year ahead on the bestseller experiment. It's, um, it's just a, such a 
privilege to chat to these amazing authors every week and a privilege to speak to you folks, you listeners and people in the Academy and people in the bestseller group and our patrons about their writing day. And it's just, uh, it's made me a better writer and, and I absolutely love it. So I can't wait for a cracking 2023. Brilliant stuff. So thank you so much, everyone. A happy Christmas, uh, happy holidays, however you yes. choose to celebrate and a uh, happy new year to everyone. And May 2023 be your best writing year yet ho, so it's ho, a merry ho. christmas from mark one and it's a merry christmas from brian blessed gordon's <laughs> alive ah, die. <laughs>